Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday, where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace, and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office, and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality, and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever you get your podcasts. That Hayden Christensen is a terrorist. He's, he's an absolute terrorist. <laughs> I'm trying to think who was the worst actor. I, I got some. Boy, Golden. Yeah, it's a gonna, debate. It's, Look, no one was good, but they were. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be Hayden Christensen. Oh, I don't know, man. What? The Golden Dumpster is is <laughs> plentiful today. Golden Dumpster is just this fucking movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Golden Dumpster. <laughs> Tankers. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. That's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. Shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm Here holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all over. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast. We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. That's Matt Carver, that's Amino Hassan, that's Anthony Mays. Have a submission. Reminder, needs to be under 40%, 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score or the critic score. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2010 action crime thriller, Takers. You all have realized from uh, this list that people, you know, people keep sending us good suggestions. We're never going to get through this list. The purpose of the list is not to 
just do everyone's bidding. The purpose of the list is that we have a robust enough. We never have to sit there and be like, ooh, let me do research on what's a bad movie. We've got enough candidates in the hopper mm-hmm. to be able to know, okay, I'm picking from this, right? And to be honest with you guys, I have my own separate list. That, that Same. Is separate. Yo, I don't, I don't look at that tab on the, on the Cinephobe spreadsheet. Sorry, Maze. I have a list of movies I want to do and a list of movies that are revenge. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so, and sometimes, sometimes there is a Venn diagram. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like, I just pick movies that are like, okay, either I don't know anything about. Or you love. Or I remember liking it, I should say. Right. But the idea, like, I know this movie is bad and I'm going to inflict pain. I'm trying to figure out what, what Maze's goal here is. Cause you notice, like, and here's a future callback, cause this episode's not out yet, but it'll be out by the time you listen to this. There's a callback. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, it's a future callback for us. It's just a callback for everybody else. Is Maze does the Hemming and Han of, you know, haven't really seen this movie yet or before, but I'm going to take a risk. He knew this was bad. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. I'm not buying for a second. This like sheepish. No, I'm Yeah, I don't buy it. This idea that Maze just. What do you mean? No, you knew. You knew it. You knew what we were getting into. Bad is relative. All these movies are fucking bad. Some are good. Not all of them. Horrible Bosses 2 was bad. All pass. Well, there's a difference between like Gigli? comedy movies, I feel like, and everything else. Because Hall Pass and Horrible Bosses 2 and Along Came Polly are funny. So Okay, so you're saying the action movies is different. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say that pretty much every movie we've watched that's not a comedy is bad. Swordfish is bad? Ooh, Swordfish is bad? Triple Files, according to this spreadsheet. Yeah, Triple File, because we all liked it and had a good time watching it, but it's not like... Double Impact's bad? Great cinema. Like, there was a lot of problems. Felt like Double Impact was a sweep. Double Impact? File sweep. Double Impact is the same thing. Wild Wild West? That's kind of a comedy, though. It's an action comedy. When you rise to the top of the cinephobe swath, you're the cream that rises to the top, That it doesn't mean that it's a great movie. Tango and Cash? <laughs> I just saw that Geely is a romantic comedy. <laughs> There's no fucking romance or comedy in that movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe that's why I scored so low. Still filed it, though. Oh, yeah. No, we know. You picked it. <laughs> Six Underground? Six Underground was fun. Maze, you filed that. A file doesn't mean that it's, like, a good to great movie. Like, it's just not the case. It means it's, like, better than I expected or better than the rest. No one's calling these great movies other than Horrible Bosses 2. That's a great movie. But other than that, like, no one's calling any of these great movies. We're calling them, I believe, when when you say file, it means, yeah enjoyable i just clicked the potential tab on the spreadsheet i haven't updated that in a while dog there's a suggestion by me called the ape i've never heard of this movie (laughs) (laughs) so how can i have suggested a movie i've never heard of you know what this is uh zach when eventually we all get taken down (laughs) this is this is maze's alibi (laughs) yeah like well zach was the one that went to watch the ape (laughs) i gotta look this up the ape doesn't even come up what is happening? Oh, James Franco? I suggested that? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just a kind of gorilla costume. Have you seen this shit? Have we talked about this? Why would I? I've never. I have no recollection. But if the spreadsheet says it, if the spreadsheet <laughs> yeah, says it, I believe it. The spreadsheet wouldn't lie. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It hasn't been updated in a while. All right. Where were we? Takers. Taker. Yeah. Takers stars Hayden Christensen. You may remember him from being Anakin Skywalker. He's in a future cinephobe movie, Jumper, which I believe we'll do at some point. He was also in two episodes of Goosebumps as a kid. You know that? I did not know that. We also get Idris Elba, Stringer Bell from The Wire. He's the bad guy in Hobbs and Shaw. And he was someone in the Thor movies. I don't know. I don't know who, but I know he's in the Thor movies. Heimdall. Sure. We get Matt Dillon from There's Something About Mary and Crash. We get Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious franchise and Varsity Blues. We also get Michael Ealy from Barbershop. Think Like a Man and Too Fast, Too Furious. Got a little cameo in that. We get Chris Brown. We get T.I. We get Jay Hernandez. It's a pretty star-studded crash. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana, yeah. Like, it's kind of wild to see people who are playing very bit roles. Yes. I I was shocked by that. I was like, you're playing a bit role? That's kind of crazy. Marianne Jean-Baptiste. The two cops who play irate cops in every movie. The two black guys in Eternal Affairs. Yeah. That's right. We get this movie directed by Jean Lusenhop. Yeah. He, watching <laughs> this movie made me Lusenhop too. He directed Lockdown and one of the newer Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. He also wrote a 2018 John Travolta movie called Speed Kills. Oh, yeah. And he has a writing credit for this movie. Three other people credited for writing on Takers. Peter Allen who did Book of Swords, which is something, (laughs) Foreign Land, and a bunch of shorts and documentaries. Gabriel Cassius, only writing credit for this movie, but he was in Bedazzled, he was in G-Force, and he was in Black Hawk Down. Avery Duff died last year at the age of 68. The only IMDb credit for Avery Duff is this movie. Whole bunch of nobodies. Maybe this movie was his idea. They assembled their own crew. So original and and so never been done before. (laughs) To take our money. (laughs) Well done. The synopsis for Takers. A group of bank robbers find their multi-million dollar plan interrupted by a hard-boiled detective. He is hard-boiled. He had nothing to do with interrupting any of it. They were going to get away with all of it. He's the villain in this movie, right? (laughs) Keep going, because I just just went super spoiler alert there. (laughs) Like, that is such a lie. I love the idea of someone turning on this podcast and getting mad that a movie God got spoiled. damn it. The synopsis was such a lie. Yeah. What did he do? Spoiler alert. They get away. They get away with the money. We're just spoiling all the movies. We're going to go straight to Fober Files. Is this a quick one? <laughs> they get away with the money. And, and beyond that, the only person responsible for interrupting any of it is T.I. It's his fault, right? If he had just been cool... He's in on it, right? Law enforcement literally did nothing in this movie. They did nothing but be slow the whole time. It's a C story that really could just be cut out completely. Yes, yes. It was. <laughs> you could have cut out a good fucking 30 minutes out of this movie. Didn't need cops at all, other than just kind of bumbling like... Hey, cops are here. They're after us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are consequences, right? Like, that's really all that's needed. Tagline for this movie. Taking theaters soon. Oh. We got three others. Everyone's after something. All right. Money doesn't count. That, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Wait, what about this one? Who's taking who? Which one I think is grammatically incorrect, by the way. Not to be a stickler for grammar here, but I feel like that's incorrect. I feel like grammar is like the least of the concerns. <laughs> I feel like these were written by Hayden Christensen. <laughs> we're going to talk about him. $32 million estimated budget. It grossed. 57.7 million U.S., 80.2 million worldwide. 
the hell? This was a hit. I believe it. I never even heard of this movie. Sure you haven't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, I, yo, commitment to the bit gets an A plus for me. Right? <laughs> Before jumping into the rest of this movie that it means already spoiled, Takers is available on Amazon Prime. Rotten Tomatoes score. Takers receives 28% from the critics on 113 reviews and 62% from the audience on over 125,000 ratings. Big time disparity. Audience liked it. That's got to be one of our biggest disparities, right? Teen Witch somehow has 75%. Come on. Against 38%. Come on. (laughs) There's no chance. (laughs) 75% of people watch Teen Witch liked it? Gemini Man, 83% audience against 26% critics. fuck? And then you wonder why people won't wear masks. Either the positive or the negative reviews first. I mean, where would you like to go? Oh, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positives. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. We've got Matt Joseph from We Got This Covered. Takers is an above-average heist film, and while it could have benefited from an R rating, it is still one of the better movies of the summer. That movie wasn't rated R? Yeah, I didn't even notice. I don't know. I guess I, my man wanted more dick scenes, right? <laughs> more dick. Why is that where you went? Where you are. <laughs> really, two motherfuckers would have made this an R movie. You said, I need more dicks. That's what he said. Cam Williams of TheLoop21.com. Mindless mayhem, perfect for fans of pyrotechnics for pyrotechnics sake. What? There wasn't, I mean. There's a couple of explosions. There was explo- the first heist and then this, the other heist, and that's about it. Mary F. Poles of MSN Movies. As long as you understand exactly what kind of hack cinema you're getting into, Takers can be pretty fun. Fair. Also, is is that name a play on Mary Fuck Kill? That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Cam Williams of Sly Fox, Mindless Mayhem, perfect for fans of pyrotechnics for pyrotechnics sake. You just read that one. Nope. He did it for two different outlets. <laughs> Robert Levin of Film School Rejects. It's possible to sit through Takers, enjoy the scenery, and have a good time. It's possible. I like how he left the door open. Yeah. He doesn't actually walk through it. <laughs> Willie Waffle of WaffleMovies.com. Oh, shut up. That's not his name. <laughs> a serviceable, Waffle. passable, entertaining heist movie until it collapses under its own weight towards the end of the movie. Oh, wow. So he was, he was with it for a while. Yeah, he was with it for a while, which is, that's interesting. Lou Lemenick of the New York Post, a Michael Mannish heist thriller with a pulse-pounding foot chase and some terrific stunt work offsetting its hackneyed plot and dialogue. Lou Lemenick, is he of the <laughs> Lululemon... Uh, family or, or what's it called? Empire. Is he heir? Oh, there we go. Let me try it again. Three, two, one. Lula Menick, is he the heir to the Lululemon Empire? I really hope Maze leaves that all that is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> How else will people know that it's not edited other than, oh, I don't know, <sighs> you fucking dog barking incessantly? <laughs> James Berardelli <laughs> of Real Views, shut the fuck up. It's hard to imagine. Harsh harsh review from James. (laughs) It's hard to imagine anyone who sees the movie not being at least moderately engaged. Oh, James, you don't have much of an imagination, do you? All right, the negative reviews. Randy Denklovich of Process Media. Takers fails on just about every level possible. David Nusser of Real Film Reviews, a consistently unwatchable actionaire. Simon Reynolds of Digital Spy. 
marks the on-screen collision of Hayden Christensen and Paul Walker, two actors so charmless and wooden this reviewer feared their combined presence would result in the creation of a charisma black hole that could wipe out the universe. True story. Throughout the movie, I found it incredibly distracting that like, after like, there would be a shootout or something, and Paul Walker would show up like, oh, he's still alive. And then I'd remember, oh, no, 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 he's just dead in real life, not in the movie. Wow. Christ. I just, I'm not trying to be funny. That's literally something I was like, wait, didn't this character die? Like, no, that's he died. I would say that throughout the movie, there were times where the only reason I could pick Hayden and Paul apart. Because the hat, right? Easily was the hat. Fuck yeah, baby. I almost think that's why he wore the hat. Let me just say right now. Exactly. I literally, the same thing happened to me. I thought it was just like, because. They're white and, and I'm black and I can't tell white people apart, right? So I, I was just going to keep it to myself, but I was like, I'm sure I'm glad he's wearing this hat so I could tell him apart at all times. <laughs> all right. Derek Malcolm of the London Evening Standard, noisily vacant. Henry Fitzherbert of Daily Express UK. Oh, of course he's from the UK, Fitzherbert. <laughs> An empty-headed heist movie which makes no effort to endear us to the slick gangsters or the police pursuing them. True. Robbie Collin of News of the World. You could write 10,000 words about this outlandish cack-handedness of takers. Oh. But I'll limit myself to just seven. Crap, 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 rubbish. <laughs> Three more. <laughs> Widget walls of needcoffee.com. Your climax is a slow-motion devolved mess. Heard that before. Hey. <laughs> Chris Bumbray of Joe Blow's Movie Network. Michael Mann should sue. Michael Mann or Michael Bay? It says Michael Mann. A lot of Michael Mann references in the reviews. And then Thomas Loop of Hollywood.com, a bland barrage of bullets, bling, and bad acting. Now, do you think bling was put in there simply because of Chris Brown and T.I.? Because I didn't feel like there was a lot of bling in this movie. There was no bling. There was no bling. Like, the fanciest thing was this, everyone wore a suit at all times. I mean, first note? Add Matt Dillon to the list of actors I don't like. Oh! It's just something about him. Every, as soon as I see him on the screen, I'm like, by the way, this is why I like his brother. His brother's way more likable. Matt Dillon is always kind of like, just irritates me, man. I just look at him. And just, ah. I liked him in his 80s movies. I'm surprised that he was considered a heartthrob. That's the other thing. He's all messed up mouth and stuff. <laughs> Not the real standards. <laughs> he does have big ass teeth. Yeah. Here's my issue with the opening parts. The song is playing and then it abruptly cuts to a quiet car with Matt Dillon. There's no like fade out. It just, it's quiet. And he's being told he looks like shit. Yeah, they do that in action movies. So let's, you know, all right, movie started. He litters a plastic water bottle after drinking. There's vodka in that water bottle, right? I'm guessing so. Yeah. And then the music is back at full volume and then abruptly stops again. You didn't notice that? I didn't notice anything. It bothered me a lot. All right. Matt Dillon says, yo, D-Mac, what's up? He's being <laughs> yeah, led yeah. to Boyle Heights. Haitians? Boyle Heights? Yayo changing hands? And the only Haitians in L.A. are like Waz and his cousin. <laughs> oh, my God. Bob Dixdale. Damn, damn, damn. Haitians and Sino. Yeah, I know the place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Idris Elba has a briefcase. He's walking into a building. Paul Walker is there. Michael Ely is next, and I asked the question, are we mid-heist already? Oh, shit. Chris Brown is in this, acting his ass off from the top, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> the first line he says is like, does anyone have any trash? And he smiles, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> We're in for a wild ride here, boys. They go to a floor under construction. It looks like they're all working together. Chris Brown does walk in as the fake janitor. He says that he heard there's a problem with the toilet. 
Then he smiles, he laughs, and he turns his hat around. Yes, that was it. That right there. He is acting his ass off. I'll give you that one. He, he did, I hate Chris Brown, but he acted his ass off there. Oh, man. He's not even close to the worst actor in this movie, which is stunning. No, that's the, that's the odd part. Idris says they've got less than one hour, but we don't know for what. Dylan and his partner pull up to a building with the Haitians. They're looking for the apartment with the Haitians. And as the other cop goes to kick the door down, the door just opens. That never happens. I thought that was a nice touch. The guy pushes Dylan. He starts running away. Dylan is after him, tackles him down the stairs, punches him, cuffs him. A lot of excessive force happening. Yeah. Dylan comes back to the apartment. The other guy got away from his partner. Not a word. Not a goddamn word. Now, instantly, I knew my man here is dirty. It was awful. But I thought, hey, if he's dirty, that's an excellent reaction. Because his reaction was legit like, I don't want to fucking hear it. And I thought to myself, the next time I lie about something like that, I need to invest i need to go the extra mile of being irritated at being asked the question you need to act your ass off you need to act your ass off yeah yeah also may's make note of that next time i mean lies to us and he goes <laughs> a little extra over the top it's a lie <laughs> walker ely brown and idris are all gearing up with vests masks bags and machine guns elevators are out of whack after an explosion and this crew is robbing a bank to which i wrote oh i get it they're takers of things. What floor of this building are they on? Why, why is there a it's bank a great, on like it's the 30th a great floor? Question. 70th floor. That thing was high, high yeah. above downtown LA. I believe it's the US Bank Tower that they're implying they're in. But again, it's not that there aren't banks that are that high on. It's that there aren't banks with fucking tellers and like checking deposit slips and like a regular. No one's going to the 70th floor to do their banking. To, to deposit like Nana's check that she sent me for my birthday right (laughs) all right the federal california bank silent alarm has been tripped paul walker takes her to the phone tells her to say there's a robbery in progress 45 why did he need her to do that i thought he was going to make her call like police and say oh false alarm say she actually tripped it right i think this is to get the helicopter which is no sure but why didn't he just pick up the phone and call say hey there's a robbery Why did he need her? Like, as if the news station knows, that's not Janine. She's usually the one that lets <laughs> us know that the robbery's gone. News helicopter instantly knows about the bank robbery. Cops pull up to the building. Hayden Christensen is a security officer on the roof now. I mean, I definitely thought Paul Walker had changed clothes at this point. Just found out now. I am this many minutes old. <laughs> then I figured out, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't Paul Walker? <laughs> He's waving down the helicopter. They land on the roof, even though they're not cleared for this. Hayden pulls a gun on them, and they've stolen the helicopter. This female reporter is a real go-getter. She thinks she's going to get the scoop if they land on the roof. Didn't they think it was odd that the security guy, instead of securing the bank, was out here trying to make sure that the news gets here safely? They're so thirsty for the story, I mean. It's journalism. I wrote the note, is there anything they won't be takers of after stealing the helicopter? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I kind of feel like a helicopter is the worst getaway vehicle there is, right? Because it's not like you can lose it in traffic. It's a helicopter. Especially one that has a number branded onto it. Yeah. Nothing but glorified paparazzi. Chopper flies away. They land. They change clothes. They blow up the helicopter for some reason. There's another helicopter that passes them. And it's like, look at Channel 12 going in the wrong direction again. That's why they're in last place. And I wrote, ah, local TV news wars. West Mantooth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only people who care are the actual people in local TV news. Like, I don't think they understand the rest of 
the world doesn't give a fuck who's one and who's two. Right. Like, I'm just skimming through the channels and I saw like something that caught my eye and that's it. It's not you guys. Trust me. Don't think that you're, you're awesome. Also, News 12 like smoked them to the tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't think it was, it was kind of odd that they, they're coming from the direction of the bank. Okay. Third, I feel like Dodger Stadium is the worst, absolute, absolute worst hideout. Absolutely. Oh, of course. You parked at Dodger Stadium. You don't think security is like, who's parking all these cars here on a non game day? Did they all just take a cab to the bank together? Like, <laughs> They left all their cars in the same place. Also a great question. Chris Brown puts a hat back on, still puts it at 5 o'clock. What does blowing up the, the helicopter do? I don't know. Are the cops going to say like, well, we don't know if this is the new sub helicopter because this one is blown up. <laughs> but they are missing one. It's also a pretty weak explosion in my opinion. It is. It was. They get in different vehicles and drive off. Now we're in jail and T.I. is a free man, apparently. T.I. is in this. He's got a Coachella wristband. Now we cut to Dylan and his partner investigating the robbery. They took north of $2 million and hopefully the cops will get lucky. Apparently one of the guys had some type of accent. How can you not tell a British accent? That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. Did D.I. have a gun and his stuff hidden in a dumpster this entire time he was in jail? Yeah. Yep. Six years. On the helipad, partners going over all the crew. Dylan says, they were hot shit. No doubt about that. It'll make it that much sweeter when we take them down. Will it? Decree of difficulties off the charts. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Why does that add to it? Just to show that the, the cops are impressed by the heist. That's what they're trying to do. T.I. is now at an apartment, asked for Sergey. Mikhail from the joint sent him. Shotgun gets pulled on him. Big shotgun movie. But think of the Russians. The Russians like this shotgun. He drops the dude with the shotgun, pulls a gun. Now we get Sergey saying, cool down. We have vodka. Take care of business. The other thugs in the background are just drinking, slamming shots, chanting, USA! USA! Yeah, they're really happy to be in this country. T.I. is acting his ass off. <laughs> Maze is going to be one of those. <laughs> two Americas? Yeah, it's a Two Americas movie. We've got two actors acting their ass off in basically their first scene. <laughs> Both rappers. <laughs> All right, Ely and Brown are hanging out. Michael Ely strikes me as the kind of guy I would hate from afar, but then when I got to know him, he turned out to be pretty cool. I don't, he doesn't remind me of anyone in particular, but he reminds me of people in college that I knew that were like, oh, fuck that dude. I was the number one hater of people from afar. Oh, fuck that guy, right? Like, wouldn't even have any interaction with them. And then inevitably, the same thing would happen. It's like, you're at a party, and it's like, oh, man, we're almost out of this. I'm like, oh, you can have it. Like, oh, man, that's, that's real nice. Like, <laughs> you kind of, you know, like, this guy's decent. I don't know why I hated him. Do you hate him because he's <laughs> handsome? Yeah, I think that's a, a huge part of it. Like, girls like him. I'm like, oh, fuck that dude. Like, just kind of, it's just a reactionary, like, yo, fuck that dude with his light eyes and all that shit. <laughs> I got a theory. What's that? Michael Ely, the black Matt Dillon. Did you write that for real? You know why? It's the teeth. They both have big fucking <laughs> wow. teeth. Wow. That's, you know what? Well, Michael Ely is... He's better looking, but... Yeah. But Matt Dillon's still good looking enough to where you... It's not like this far cry from it, right? I'm telling you, like, it's always been a very, a big puzzle for me. Like, the Matt Dillon is a good looking actor. I look at him the same way that I look at, like, Seth Rogen. Like... No, 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 no. He's better looking than Seth Rogen. Like, I... 
I don't think Matt Dillon's good looking, but I can understand if someone does. I can't understand. It's like it's like Javier Bardem. Can't can't see it. You're oh my god, mine. Can't see it at all. We're not doing this again. <laughs> it's just that No Country for Old Man is the only Javier Bardem movie you've seen. By the way, for the longest time, Javier Bardem, Benicio del Toro, got them confused a lot. It's a Hayden Christensen, Paul Walker situation. Didn't get a Michael Yilly and Chris Brown confused though, did you? <laughs> no, they look completely <laughs> okay. different. All right. Well, Michael Ely and Chris Brown are hanging out. Brown is happy about the serious stacks. Ely isn't too jazzed about it. Is this just a movie where they could uh, wear suits? Is that the point of this movie? Just suits? Yes. I was wondering where they were hanging out. It's never clear. It looks like a lawyer's study. Right, but it's also a home. But it's this massive bar, club, upscale place that's been converted from a house that i guess michael ely owns yes that's, that's sure the, why not yeah yeah <laughs> and they have daddy issues thanks to basil exposition they're brothers but not like not that way i mean daddy issues that never come up again in the movie it's just, it literally serves just to say these guys are related every character has got backfilled exposition issues like matt Dillon is divorced we see his kid one time and we never see the wife He's a horrible father, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no resolution. There's no issues. This is no American gangster. Dad wants them to come see him. Brown isn't going to go to jail just to talk to him. Hayden is playing the piano with a dumb hat on. Hayden Christensen is in a wife beater playing the piano. His tiny fedora finally Dude, makes an appearance hat. 13 and a half minutes in. God. The star of this movie, the tiny fedora. Gordon says you find anything, Mark, burn it. Sounds tight. <laughs> you just gonna leave your kid bro up there with all that paper? If he runs out, way to shoot him. <laughs> I will too. Ely proposes to his girlfriend with his huge teeth. Why is this place so dark? There's no lights on in this hotel slash home slash bar. Ambiance. She says yes. Now we're on a rooftop, and Paul Walker walks naked into a pool with two women there. And I wrote, <laughs> "What the fuck is happening? What is this movie?" This movie was written with every role to appeal to the actor playing it. Absolutely. Chris Brown, I want you to be in a movie. I don't know. Like, you get to ride a motorcycle. All right, I'm in. Like, T.I., be in our movie. Like, I don't know. You get to be a badass who, like, disarms a shotgun-wielding thug and hits the other guy and then says something, like, cool afterward. Paul Walker, be in this movie. I don't know. Like, you get to walk into a pool with two hoes. All right, Anakin. <laughs> Maybe it'll be 16, Paul. Anakin, you get a small fedora. You get a hat. <laughs> Anakin, be in this movie. Do I get a hat? You got it. All right, like, that's, that's how they created this whole movie that's how they they signed everybody up idris walks out onto his balcony and finger guns the moon he pretends to shoot the moon as a real gunshot sound effect <laughs> my favorite thing you had the subtitles on it says gunshot imitation <laughs> that was the subtitle because you know what i actually like had to rewind and said did he just shoot the moon like i thought it was just his fingers but like maybe i wasn't paying attention. is it a metaphor for like shoot for the moon if you're gonna do these heists like go bigger the world is ours we're takers we're t- he's gonna take the moon takers to the moon is he gonna take the fucking moon Oh, Matt Dillon sees one of the robbers salute the camera as they go over the security footage. He wants to see who got off on the construction floor. The system doesn't work that way. This is some system you got here, chief. The security guard just starts yelling. I'm like, I don't need this shit. It doesn't. Real on edge. Med's not working or we just need to get you laid. What's the problem? Dillon sees a camera they place in the elevator at some point. 
And some guy says not to piss on Grand Cayman, but I think you can get an additional 75 basis points in the Dutch Antilles. These guys have an almost tango level of financial know-how. <laughs> Hayden yeah. says, the way the market keeps jumping around another four to six weeks, who knows what the rates will be. <laughs> oh, then Ely says, and have you seen the latest Bloomberg report? Shit is bleak out there. To which then I wrote, generic business banter. Oh, that whole scene. What the fuck are they talking about? And then Idris calls them college boys. You know what it reminds It reminds me of in Truman Show. Jim Carrey's having like a nervous breakdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And his wife like says, how about I fix you a nice cup of hot cocoa? And she just starts rattling off the, the ad and he just looks around like, the hell are you talking about? Yeah, who are you talking to? <laughs> who are you talking to? That's exactly what it felt like. <laughs> All right, they've got a chance to fly on a private jet to the bank or something. I don't know if they want in. Hayden then delivers the horrible line. Man, life's looking pretty good from right here. He both mumbled it sped it up and slowed it down all at the same time he's gonna have three asses by the end of this movie paul walker comes home ti is already there says nice house nice scotch then said that jack and that news chopper had aj written all over it this movie already breaking records for staring off in the distance while people talk to you because dylan did it on Uh the bank roof where he's just like, it's going to be that much sweeter. Like, who are you? T- Why are you looking at the skyline? I'm right. talking to you. Turn around and talk to me. On the roof in downtown Los Angeles, that's going to be noisy as fuck. Same thing, T.I. kind of just staring out the window as there's a gun. Like, what if he had just shot him? Like, it's just the back of his head. Yeah, he's, he's an intruder. Second Dumb and Dumber reference. What if he shot you in the face? <laughs> that's a risk we're willing to take. <laughs> T.I. says he missed his homies and they have unfinished business. Paul starts throwing around some random bank jargon. Lily is with Jake now and T.I. doesn't seem happy but says good for them. He has a deal to discuss it. Once in a lifetime job. You see, I came to you, John, because you're the one with that higher consciousness and shit. I will say this. You know, I love me some Fast and Furious movies, right? With that said, T.I. is out acting Paul Walker exponentially in this scene (laughs) it was hard to tell who's the rapper with very little acting experience and who's the guy who's been professionally acting for like 15 years at this point do you think this is that much of a departure from ti no playing ti no 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 no. but still i also don't think it's that much of a departure from paul walker playing paul walker (laughs) exactly and he is failing miserably while ti looks like fucking like he's doing hamlet is he failing though this is just who he is they're both who they are if you want to crown them then crown their ass but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Paul Walker hasn't acted this poorly since Too Fast, Too Furious at this point. So what I'm hearing from Zach is good riddance? Is that... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. T.I. says he was left bleeding on the fire escape in 04. Killing the guys acting, you know. They tried everything to flip him, but he didn't budge. Doing his best. I mean, you got to stop this, okay? You're really crashing and burning. Oh, was that too far? Oh my god. That was probably too far. Oh my god. <laughs> he might have been a sexual predator though, so we don't know. Yeah, see, when we get canceled, then we go Who's to the gonna potential- cancel us as ghost? Hold on. Hold on. Then we go to the potential tab. And- <laughs> 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 All right. He shows him either a gunshot wound or an oddly placed Audi belly button. I couldn't really tell what it was. <laughs> That's what I looked at. I was like, was that it? Did he just show his belly button? <laughs> Paul will talk to the boys and get back to him. Idris is visiting a woman in rehab. This time will be different. As soon as she's out, he'll take her to the Caribbean. 
where she wants to go. Exposition! Now we're in a store. Suits are being laid out for T.I. We have a suit trying on montage. So basically, he's the pretty woman of this group. Do they do this? Do typically hot women help you get dressed? By appointment, maybe. If you're, like, showing you're going to spend a ton of... But is that hot women? No. This is movie shit. Okay. Because I always thought it was, like, a tailor. It was, like, a dude who's going to maybe make adjustments who's helping you. You're not buying off the rack, right? Well, these look like they might be off the rack. Also, I just watched Enemy of the State. Will Smith goes to the lingerie shop in that, and there's just models everywhere demoing the lingerie for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, okay. That no, that happens. That in Washington, D.C. Yeah. yeah, totally. I used to do that. Model lingerie? Yes. And then he got arrested for doing it. <laughs> Hayden is just wear, wearing the worst hats. Chris Brown wears a suit. It's all one hat, baby. It's just one hat. Rolls up the sleeves on his shirt and jacket. What? Yes. <laughs> and he's riding a motorcycle. Yes. We get a slow motion walk into the club. No lines for them. They're known here, apparently. Chris Brown clicks his heels. Is this a Ciroc ad? What is happening? It looks like a Ciroc ad. It definitely looks like a Ciroc ad. It's a montage of them hanging out. They're laughing. Paul's talking about T.I. being in his house. Apparently, his name is Ghost. These guys have the chemistry of a group of guys who had just met 18 minutes ago. Before the Ciroc commercial. Hey, these are your co-stars in the Syrah commercial. Uh, Chad Michael Murray. They have zero chemistry. I'm actually shocked Chad Michael Murray wasn't in this movie. I know. He would have been perfect. Never in a heist movie have I ever seen the heist people hang out together. Usually it's, boom, everyone goes their own separate ways, especially right after the heist. The last thing you want to do is hang out together. These guys are also flagrant with their displays of wealth right they are the nero and goodfellas would be beside himself right now this guy's driving up in this and this guy's wearing that and this, this guy's, guy's got a range rover like it's yeah penthouse apartments houses in the hills chris brown excuses himself by announcing he's going to a private party <laughs> and i said this guy's killing his efficiency right now is like infinity right now he's, he's going through the roof with the efficiency per line uttered he wants to do the job but you always wait a year between jobs that's it just one year then you're good to go then i wrote i think hayden is actually the problem here his acting is just so bad <laughs> that's just my note i don't know if i was talking to myself if i wanted to read that to you guys this is how it's done let me show you slow down <laughs> ivy league this ain't the frat house man there's that's some funny shit man that's some funny shit ghost shows up to the lounge ba- balcony suited up and he has this exchange with hayden christensen hey jay any new tats yeah man a couple oh me too <laughs> what is that banter i'm gonna give him a pass they wanted to highlight how awkward things were between everybody so they cast hayden christensen yeah. <laughs> mission accomplished right ghost says they should go italian job on that ass Idris says to take this upstairs, and I wrote, I thought they were upstairs. Yeah, me too. There's another upper room? It's like a seven-story house club. Hold on. Is this Michael Ely's house club? Yes. Is it? Yes. What? We see the outside with, like, the high hedges, and then they go in the front door. Zoe Saldana greets them because she's the manager or whatever, and yeah, this is his spot. Oh, I thought this was a completely different location. <laughs> no. I, I suspected, but I wasn't sure. Ghost says 25 to 30 million, but they have to do it next Tuesday. It's an armored truck in five days. It's impossible because they change the route constantly. Ghost says he knows the exact one. Got it from a Russian dude in the joint. In exchange, he had his comrades on the outside put the arm down on the dispatcher. So the dispatcher do anything to screw the job up. 
They're wiping out his whole family back at the Ukraine. Down to the sheepdog. Why should we trust the Russians? They love their sheepdogs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is acting your ass off. <laughs> he did crush it. That entire exchange was amazing. Amazing. Now, let me ask you a question, Amin. Why was that one so good, but the one with Hayden Christensen was so bad? I thought that was what they were going for. You're the one that didn't like it, so maybe you should ask yourself, racist? I'm racist against Hayden Christensen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> T.I. crushes all of his lines. He does. Hayden Christensen just <laughs> table reads all of his lines. Funny enough, my next my next note is Hayden Christensen's acting style is the equivalent <laughs> of the kid who hated to read in front of the class. <laughs> T-shirts, we're all wearing them. It's a staple of our wardrobe. And you know you buy a T-shirt online, you buy it in a store. It's going to fit fine the first time. You try it on, it seems great. And then you wash it. It shrinks and has this weird, like, box cut almost. Or the bacon neck collar, the shrinkage. It stretches in weird ways. It wrinkles like crazy. Cuts clothing has completely changed the T-shirt game. High quality, classic look, modern feel. Wear it in the office, wear it on a date, wear it at the store, wear it at the park. It doesn't matter. And you can really customize it however you want. The fit, the fat. It's the only shirt worth wearing. Pre-shrunk, wrinkle-free, retains the shape over time. Wear it on a date, wear it anywhere. Wear it to work, it doesn't matter. You can pick the crew neck, V-neck, Henley, doesn't matter. Elongated, split hem, curve hem, get long sleeve, short sleeve. Pick the collars, pick the cuts, pick the colors. It's going to be the best shirt you've ever worn. You're never going to go to another shirt again. Once you wear a cut shirt, it's impossible to choose a regular, boring, terribly designed t-shirt ever again. It is absolutely custom engineered to be the most buttery soft thing you've ever felt and you can get yours athletes are wearing them entrepreneurs are wearing them even your favorite podcast hosts are wearing them get 15 percent off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash dings cutsclothing.com slash dings for 15 percent off the only shirt you're ever going to want to wear again get them and you don't even have to wear pants with them. ghost leaves and they're trying to figure out if it makes sense hayden mumbles something i don't know walker says bet big win big or something like that then idris does it he says yes. we take us gents this is what we do we take it's jake because jake jake's not in on it jake's like we don't do this we don't like the subtitle said gents oh no i, oh. I saw jake i thought it was gents see he has an accent i mean yeah some kind of accent some kind of accent we don't know we're takers that's what we do for a living we take and then he says if it checks out and as he's saying that i'm thinking to myself this all reminds me of the bubble like we're basketball players. This is what we do. We play basketball. Like if everything is fine, right? Like if it's all, if it all is clear, right? There's almost nothing that's going to stop this from happening. Like there's no part of this where they're going to do some research. Like no, I'm not so sure on this part. Right, because they're takers. Yeah, because they're takers, and that's what they do for a living. Now we're back to the detectives. Dylan is getting an excessive force charge against him, but he's only curious about the C4 to blow the elevator. Apparently, it was stolen two months ago. How would they know that? Dylan apparently has issues with a girl named Amanda, but he can work it out. Shot of him alone in a mostly dark home. They're going over city plans for the crew. Hayden is playing with toy cars as they go over or something. I don't know. They're scoping out armored trucks. Now they're setting something up in sewers near old tracks. Detectives are shaking down some guy named Franco. Asking about explosives and weapons. That's John Turturro's brother. Nick Turturro. He was great on NYPD Blue. Yes, he was. Dylan punctures his tire, says he's got a spare in the trunk and he'd help him. Franco says to get a warrant. Now they're threatening to tow his car for it being a disabled vehicle. It works, he says. Guys are planning something big and using C4. 
Hayden Christensen continues to wear suspenders and a dumb hat. <laughs> He's at a construction site after hours. He gives them the money, but they don't give him anything. Paulie Jr., some paisan. Then two guys attack him. Now he's fighting three guys. He's beached the shit out of three guys. With a broom. Paul Walker and Ghost walk in with guns to stop him from punching the guy. A convenient broom. Because he threw him through a doorway. He and did. he gets up and there's a broom just there. <laughs> just right there. Ghost says, move and I'll put three holes in your head like a bowling ball. What? That T.I., man. I tell you. He's nailing every single line. Paul pulls a gun on the main guy. He says C4 is in the shed. Hayden is so offended that they thought he would need backup. Backup! And he puts on his hat. Gotta pick the fedora up. Can't leave that behind. Dylan and the detective go to execute a search warrant when Internal Affairs wants to talk to him. Feels like Internal Affairs used to always be painted as the bad guys. And now, one, we never see it in the movies anymore. And two, they're kind of the good guys. Yeah, of course they're pinned as the bad guys because of all these fucking awful cops doing all types of shit in these streets. Yeah, oh, you mean the guys that are actually trying to hold them accountable for being pieces of shit would be bad guys in their in their role? Police work. Remember what that is? They're chasing guys in this warrant search. There are a lot of shots just what the wildly fuck? being fired. Dylan is just firing blindly. This scene is insane. He shoots a guy in the back. Then while chasing him, his partner pops the guy who's hiding behind a car. Two dead guys from this bust are Russian mob. He sees a lot of plans for the big bust. Ely has hacked the traffic lights. They couldn't have done the Fed Cow robbery, though, because they were becoming U.S. citizens at that time, which is a hell of an alibi. It is. That's what they say. It's one of the best alibis you can... True patriots, huh? <laughs> USA! USA! Naomi pulls up to Idris's place. She left rehab early because she's doing well. Idris says it's a busy time for him. I absolutely hate the real British accent, right? It's Not terrible. the one that it's you see awful. in the movies. Yeah, this awful. right here is how people from England actually talk. Every sentence has to end with the word yeah or in it. In it. We want to in it. Yeah. Yeah. In it. And then, oh, it's just this stilted kind of, it doesn't come out smoothly. It comes out very choppy in it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so annoying to bruv. listen to. Bruv, a lot of bruv. Yeah, bruv in it. Oh, it is as frustrating as frustrating gets, but it is never actually represented in film, so I gave them kudos for actually having real British people. Because this is how two Brits would talk to each other. Exactly, and we usually think of it like fucking The King's Last Speech or whatever the hell that movie was with Colin Firth. Nobody talks like that. I did need the subtitles for this scene. I couldn't understand a fucking word they were saying. I can never understand anything. Another thing I don't like about British people, right? This is particularly British (laughs) singers, right? Craig David, Adele, all of them. This is how they talk, right? I'm walking away. I'm singing very clear. Ah, you can understand every word I sing. But when I start talking, I think you're going to wait in it. It is so fucking annoying. You know what I can't stand with Adele is whenever she wins a a Grammy, she says, thank you. Not thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you. But she she can pronounce it in a song. Of course. You can make her sing the uh, the LeVar Ball thank you song. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And she will pronounce it. She'll enunciate every th like a speech therapist helped her with it. And then, while accepting the award for singing that song, she'll say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you, England. Uh, Dylan is going over USA. picture evidence. 
comes across a Delonte Rivers prison ID. It's the Coachella wristband. Now he's playing ball with his partner's kids. Apparently, the partner's kid has is going through dialysis or something. I don't know. I don't Exposition. He's talking to his partner about this. The wife walks in, and then they begin to. I guess this is the part where my man wanted it to be rated R because they're doing things <laughs> while my man is like trying to crack a case. <laughs> yeah, it's a Saturday. Yeah, but like it's like the middle of the day and the kids are outside playing. <laughs> and his daughter is named Sunday, which made this whole weekend thing very confusing. Really yes. Stupid, yeah. There's no need for that. There's no need for the daughter's name to be Sunday. There's no need for the daughter in this movie, period. Dylan's trying to make the connection. And then I would put, I would really love to have an acting scene where I answer the phone, I don't say hello, and then I have to say, whoa, 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 slow down. I feel like that's a fun movie thing. There are a lot of cliches in this movie. IA wants to talk to him, and he doesn't work weekends. Dylan picks up his kid. They're looking for landmarks for her school project. He says the Hollywood Walk of Fame is a tourist trap and that they should go to the tar pits instead. He wanted to keep her away from Moose. Yeah, I was about to say, you have to clip in Moose. <laughs> Moose is in the house. Moose is in the house. Watch out. Watch out. Here's Moosey. As he's driving with his child, he almost looks at the road zero times. It gets worse. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it gets way worse. They have to make him stop first. He gets a tip where Ghost is. Now he's following Ghost's cab. He gets a tip. Ah. <laughs> Ghost goes to Idris and Walker. Dylan is tailing them. Ghost is telling Idris about something to cut cars. They try to turn pissing into a cup into a seven-game series. <laughs> yep. What does that mean? Works just like a can opener. Chris Brown gives Ghost the salute from the security footage. Oh, man. Dylan saw it. Walker sees that he and Idris are being tailed, or as Paul Walker says, He's sharking us. What? What does that mean? I like that. You like that? It sounds cool. They evade, then they see him drive by, and that he has a kid. Now, I thought that was going to come back to play. It really doesn't. Nope. No. Now we're at the police station. Dylan has Idris pulled up and says he's the same height and build as one of the bank robbers. The partner doesn't believe him. Dylan also took his kid to work and forgot about her? It's almost 6 o'clock. She, she fell asleep. They never She's ate. <laughs> He this says, how about a pizza? She just wants to go home. Naomi left, maybe in trouble. She took off with money that Idris left for Jimmy. He left her money that was the marked bills. Walker tells him to go find her, and he'll take his time drilling in the tunnel tonight. They're in the tunnel setting up explosives. Now we cut to Idris, couldn't find Naomi. Paul says she'll turn up. Ghost shows up. Idris says they can't let him walk away if things go wrong tomorrow. Ghost drinks out of a flask and says... Come sip from the cup of destruction. Paul Walker says, Genghis Khan. Ghost says it's one of his heroes. He took what he wanted, just like them, the takers. I have no recollection of any of this. <laughs> They're on a balcony at this point. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. He just answers the phone and says, slow down, slow down. Again, I want to do that so badly. He goes to the police station to get Naomi, who is in processing. Uh, Dylan and his partner walk up and just miss seeing Idris. What are the odds? They're there to talk to a tweaker who had the marked bills. Dylan immediately starts excessive force in him. <laughs> he gives up Naomi. She has the same last name as Idris. Now Idris is driving her to rehab. He's yelling at her this whole drive. My crackhead sister raised me! Calls her crackhead. Yeah. She runs out of the car, gets away from him. In the middle of traffic. She ran out like a crackhead, though. She did. Dylan is making connections with the unmarked bills, but the partner is pouring cold water on his theory. Dylan thinks they can make it work. Now it's the day of the heist. The crew joins up as Dylan and his partner continue to investigate. IA is ordering Dylan to come talk to them. 
Now the crew is disguised as LADWP. It's water and power. I mean, I want to ask you a question here. Did Michael dirty Max Zoe and Saldana, or is it fair game since T.I. went to prison? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that is definitely a dirty Max situation, right? Like, it's bad enough this guy's going to lose his girl. He's in jail. She ends up talking to somebody else. That's one thing. But you know he's going to get out of jail at one point. Much like the Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher situation. It's not about ownership or anything like that so much as it plants the seeds of, wait a second. Did you guys already have something going even before I went in, right? Mm. Was there something untoward happening? And that that just creates a very messy situation. That is absolutely 100% a dirty Mac. I would say if he was in there for life, it's fair game. It, yeah, sure. Okay. That doesn't make him feel any better in jail. It's like, sure. She moves that's, on. Yeah, like, move, right. like a lot of guys are like, move on with your life. Don't, don't, I don't want you to be, you know, sad and visiting me. But then it's like, I didn't mean like, fuck my best friend though. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> come on matt dylan says this is bullshit and he makes judgment calls every day i wants to see him because they have video of his partner letting the haitian go from that bust he's also stealing money dylan says turn the video off that's also something i want to do in a movie partner has video of idris in the elevator they're gonna go turn up the heat on him when narcotics has like video of an apartment across the street typically they don't have audio as well right like right they usually don't but it was pretty clear yeah it was very clear uh almost like it was professionally mic'd walkers in the crow's nest above the whole heist situation ghost is dressed as a traffic cop now that's the part where he's not acting his ass off like ti cannot play a traffic cop at all the uniform didn't fit like no he just kept doing the same gesture over and over again dylan now asks his partner why he did it why he took the money partner plays dumb he says they've got a, a mortgage and medical bills with the kid Dylan will help him, whatever it takes. Now the package is late. The trucks aren't showing up on time. Ghost isn't worried. Everyone else is. Walker may kill Ghost. Ghost knows that he's up there. He just says to take him out. But right as he's about to shoot, the trucks come and they save him. Aren't they all on the same radio frequency? How does this happen? No, I, I don't know. I think, well, so I think he had a Bluetooth in as well. Okay. I think that was the Bluetooth. <laughs> Didn't he think it was odd that there would be like silence or he never heard Paul Walker? on the radio one time also why are they killing him just because the thing is wrong because they don't trust him because he could snitch on the other job and what other job the one from 04 with the fire escape my next note still 40 minutes left in this movie oh boy ghost stops the truck and traffic now he waves them through it's on showtime let's get paid man that's what he says then as they blow the charges the bicyclist goes in front of the truck causing them to stop short of the blasting area this plan is fucked what is this fucking biker doing dude i actually like that <laughs> i thought that was a cool touch it's not quite like magnet scene in six underground but i like that i thought that was a fun touch no all right now we got a shootout from the tunnel and above ground. Idris is aborting the mission, but Ghost says not yet because you're not seeing the shit he's seeing. And that's because Paul Walker walks up and jacks up one of the security guards. He steals the second truck. He backs it up. He rams the truck into the explosion hole. He then drives his truck into the hole, and they've got what they need. Soldier Boy done lost his damn mind. Is he an ex-soldier in this movie? Maybe they could have done a little bit more exposition on that front. T.I., that whole scene, T.I. is doing the greatest play-by-play ever. Amazing play-by-play. There's still a shootout going on. They're cutting up the truck. Police have reports on the armored vehicle robbery. Dylan is taking his partner home instead of going after it. Then decides to turn the car around and go after it. God damn it, man. I'm still a cop. Turn the car around. Trucks drive away. 
in the subway sewer tunnels. Dylan remembers there was a map of the system at the Russians' house. They're going to Pershing Square because he remembers that was the closest stop circled. You memorize that fucking thing? I thought it was hilarious that the Russians were basically setting up the same heist with the same plan in a very similar looking building. And we never see it and it's never correct. correct. Chris Brown is spotted and now the two detectives are after him. Well, he's eating an ice cream bar and he gets distracted by a white woman. He runs away. He runs into a bus, into a cab. He hurdles a car. He walks on another. He parkours a bit. He's assassins creating the fuck out of this whole chase. Somehow Dylan and the partner are keeping up without doing any of that stuff. I'll tell you how. They keep shooting the locks off of things. That's true. <laughs> He's doing most of this with a duffel bag full of money on his back, too. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. He's an unbelievable parkourman. He's really good at this. And apparently that was really him. No, there's no way. They said he did 95% of his stunts. There was a couple scenes where it wasn't him. That includes the salutes and wearing the hat. <laughs> being a janitor? Yeah, being a janitor. Someone had a toilet? <laughs> He gets caught and then escapes with more parkour. Yeah. This is a long chase. Where is everybody else? He goes into an office building. He's booking it up the stairs. But then he's like on a floor and like scaring people. So when the cops come out, like, yeah, the floor where everyone's screaming is probably the one where he's on. He's not, he's doing it all wrong. You got to come up and be real calm, but swiftly move to another stairwell and then just exit on another floor. I think a fun job would be the extra that he crashes into. In this scene. I think it'd be fun to sell that. Not to sell that. The flop? Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's hiding in the kitchen. The partner's tracking him. They face each other. We hear a gunshot as the camera's on Matt Dillon in the office. He starts running toward it. It was the partner who got shot. Officer down. The son of a bitch was fast. It is the most cliched dying cop. It is. Terrible. It is. It's so bad. God damn it. Don't you die on me and like, take care of my family. Monica. Chris Brown's in a shootout with one of the uniformed officers and the other one just starts wildly shooting at him (laughs) while he's on a ledge outside. I mean, just unloading without even thinking. He jumps to a rooftop garage across the way. Somehow it doesn't break anything. Goes full Assassin's Creed down these structures and the uniform officers lost him. Ghost calls the Russian. The Russian's pissed, says he's going to kill him. Ghost says, if I'm dead, how am I going to get you half the money? He's double-crossing the crew, guys. Yes. Russians are gearing up and they're going to go meet Ghost at the Roosevelt Hotel. IA is going to give the dead detective a proper burial and his family full benefits. Guy started running. We chased him. Eddie got shot. I got nothing. It's called uh, qualified immunity, boys, in case you're wondering. Everybody is back at the hotel counting the money except no, for Chris Brown. We're going to gloss over that one. Okay. All right, cool. What? Qualified immunity. What is this from? It's from real fucking life. Oh, okay. When cops do shitty things and yet they're. they're I didn't know if you're doing a Lethal Weapon 2 thing with diplomatic immunity. South African dude? No? You don't remember Lethal Weapon 2? I do. Is that your South African accent? It's just my impression of that guy doing one. Everybody back at the hotel counting the money except for Chris Brown. Michael Ely is worried. Idris gives Ghost his bank card for the, the money owed from the 04 job. The whole point of a criminal enterprise, one is to make money, two is to not get caught doing it. How does a massive paper trail assist you in that? I don't know. They're takers. Yeah, you got to remember, I mean, they're takers. Someone starts banging on the hotel door. Everyone pulls their guns. Misdirection, it's Chris Brown. 
He tells him what happened. Ghost wants to know why he'd randomly get chased. Idris is yelling. Ghost is yelling. Chris Brown says he had to shoot the cop, but it was almost like he wanted him to shoot him. Like, what? <laughs> like, I guess Jay wanted to die a martyr's death to clear his guilt? Yes. Sure, but that's just like, I don't think... It's entirely unnecessary. Chris Brown would not notice that. With his adrenaline <laughs> fucking jacked. He just parkoured for like 25 minutes. He has been running for 35 minutes straight. You know what I thought he was going to say? It was almost like, he wanted me to give him some of the money, but I didn't have it on me, so I just had to... That's, I thought he was going around. I was like, wow, this dude really is kind of like on the take. Huh. Idris is pissed and everybody's upset because you don't shoot cops, they say. Money Man has the jet tonight at 8.30 in Van Nuys, but he's out after this job, to which Idris Elba says, fair enough. A lot of handshake. Russians pull up across the street, go sees them, ask Chris Brown how it felt shooting that cop. Then he starts taunting Michael Ely about Lily. Business is business. Money is money. I never said we were friends. Idris and Paul go back up to the room as the Russians enter the building. Ghost gives them the room number. Dylan isn't responding to his radio and turns it off. Cut back to the hotel for some reason. Idris is telling everybody the plan, and Paul goes to get Ghost. Shower was on in the bathroom, but he escaped through the window. Because he was taking a shit. They're all pissed off. He was taking a shit. Like a long game poly. A shotgun blast goes through the door and hits Hayden Christensen. Knocks his fedora off. Guy with the shotgun gets hit. Guy comes in with an AK. He gets hit. There are feathers everywhere. Glass, feathers, just debris. (laughs) So incongruous. (laughs) The guys are going to leave out the back of the hotel room, which I wrote, what? Is that a thing? Hayden says he'll join them, but for Michael Ely to go as everyone else is fleeing. Hayden does the diving gunshot thing. Also something I'd love to do in a movie. That's the point break dive, isn't it? Yeah. Then he gets blasted by a shotgun again. Emotional music. Idris is crushed and just kind of hesitating to move and shoot as he's processing what happens. (laughs) Like, I don't feel like that's what happens in a gunfight. Now, I haven't been in many gunfights, guys, but I feel like you're not just going to like start going, oh, what do I do? Do I go get him? You're standing out in the open. They have shotguns. That scene takes forever. It's so long. And it's directly after that long-ass chase scene. Now they're just posted up in the other room. Ely wants to know where AJ is. He gives the this-can't-be face that he's so good at. Russians start shooting through the walls. Then we get the exchange. Who are these guys? Sounds like Russians. Who are these guys? The violin music playing during the shootout? Yay or nay? Nay. Not yay. It's not nay. It's cliche. The sound during this whole shootout was really strange because it was, like, muted. Echoey. We could hear some things that were happening. But then there's also just all this chaos, and then they really emphasize the music. So I'm, I'm going nay. I like the muted action scene when it's been like a flashbang, right? They mimic what that would sound like. Yeah, and if you can like see what's happening, yeah, I like that. <laughs> they do it in war movies a lot. Yeah, to emphasize, yo, know, it's so crazy. Like you're not even in it anymore, and you just hear your heartbeat and like echoes of people get, like screaming and stuff. And then all of a sudden, everything becomes crystal clear. And you know, I like, oh, get down, and you know. Shotgun guys in the hallway. Ely goes out on the fire escape, shoots the shotgun guy through the window. Now he's flanking the Russians. Paul and Idris are out of ammo. Ely comes up with a shotgun, takes out the Russians, who die horrendously with their acting. And then, but that's not the worst acting in the scene. The worst acting in the scene is Hayden Christensen as a dead person. <laughs> what is happening? Better or worse than Nicholson in The Departed? I think he blinks. <laughs> <laughs> Idris says they have to go, and he delicately places a fedora on Hayden's body. <laughs> that had to have been a running joke, right? 
in the movie. It was my favorite part of the movie. I don't know if everybody else was oh like my as in tune to the fedora as I was, but that was all I was looking for the entire time. My next note is, where are the fucking cops? <laughs> like, there has been a 20-minute shootout in a hotel in Hollywood where there are cops everywhere. And then they just walk into the lobby. Walk right out. They walk right out. T.I. must have set us up. See you at the airport. This movie is so poorly acted, I would have believed it if you said that was an actual line of dialogue. T.I. must have set us up that they forgot his name. Probably acted more than Paul Walker did in that scene. Ely and Chris Brown come back to the house club thing, I guess. Lily is dead on the bar. Why is she on the bar? I don't know. Like, they killed her, and then they laid her on the bar? By the way, Zoe Saldana, again, like, this is probably the least she's ever been asked to do in the movie. Oh, yeah. She had to say yes, look at him once, and then just lay dead. And yet, completely outacted Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Michael Ely grabs her. The money's gone from the safe. Ely says, ghost, I'm going to kill you. He whispers that shit so quietly. <laughs> Cops show up. Jack, we got company. Who was the original guy who referred to, like, whatever enemy amassing as we've got company? That's a great question. We don't even think about it anymore in an action movie when the bad guys, the cops, or the other gang or whatever show up. Right? They never said, oh, shit, the cops are here. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man. They're here. We got to get ready. They always say, we've got company. Has that ever been used in actual life? Have you ever heard someone say, we've got company? No, I don't think so. 2010 article, Huffington Post, we've got company, the most overused line in film, question mark? Bang. What makes it crazy, it's not that it's overused, it's that it's not something people say in real life. Ely and Brown start drinking and loading up their ammo. They've got a McAllen's 30 bottle, by the way. 30-year bottle. That's luxury. That is a lot. Ely says he doesn't have to do this with him. He whispers. Chris Brown says that he told him he's not going back. They're going to take his car, which is out front. Figured you'd say that. Doesn't Chris drive a motorcycle? They walk out firing their shotguns. They get gunned down quickly. Into just bright lights as the violin is going. Made it easier to shoot. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to pay for much there. Set up the lighting for that. It's easy. Idris is walking the streets. Dylan's in his apartment looking at photos. Idris comes back to the building, heads up to the apartment, sees that the door's been fucked with. Now he goes to the garage. Naomi's in the garage. He just puts her in the car. Dylan walks out, sees the SUV driving off. Now he's sharking him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And what we have here, gentlemen, is another former Cinephobe star making an appearance. Did you guys notice something has appeared in the prior Oh, the bridge. The bridge. From Horrible Bosses 2. Absolutely. Oh, that's right. Okay. If you shoot in downtown L.A., and there's a car scene, and you have to go over this bridge, apparently. Paul Walker is on to Ghost, trying to take all the money from the heist. He realizes with Idris that Scott has all the money. He's tripping. Idris calls once. Once. Doesn't get him. Straight to voicemail. $20 million. Calls him once. Ghost comes out of the cockpit, shoots both Scott and the other guy, grabs a case with the money, walks off the jet. Idris walks up on him with a gun. Hey, where you going? You just had to have it all, didn't you, Ghost? Just taking what's mine. Oh, yeah? I should have shot you on the street today. Nah, you should have shot me five years ago on that fire stand. You gonna call, Ghost? You gonna call? You knew the game when you was playing you it. You left me back there to die like I wasn't shit. You ain't shit, Ghost. I helped you put this crew together. So what? Now you want to take it apart? Drop it. Police. Put them down. Put them down. Stay out of this. Better listen to him, Between cop. me and him, if you interfere, 
I'm gonna kill you too. Last time, drop him. See, everyone starts shooting. No one dies. Well, Ti doesn't even get shot. Like, so what is standing. this three-way standoff? Yeah. He says, "What did you expect me to do? Took my money, took my bitch from me, just put me out of the crew, huh?" Says he wasn't gonna let that shit go. That was another one where I'm not quite understanding the motivations for ti wanting revenge what did he expect them to do they held his money and gave him interest on it right and did his new job and they just didn't contact him while he was in jail because that's what they all agreed on it's over lily not even because he didn't figure that out until after he got out says he wasn't gonna let that shit go it's all business this shit just got real personal then paul walker walks up and shoots him kills him recognizes dylan as the cop with the little girl let me channel paul walker here real quick let me breathe you're that cop with the little girl. Should have stayed out of this. And then they left him with his phone and his radio and everything. Like, I'll get to leave him alive, but like, yeah. you don't think you'll call for backup? He's a cop. Idris is in rough shape with a gunshot wound as they drive away. He calls dispatch for the officer down. I've been shot. And I need help. Units en route. A lot of help. And then he rolls over and rides hilariously. Naomi asks if they're going home. He just says yes. And Paul Walker says, Are we good, brother? All signs point to it. Call back. To what? They said that earlier, like before they were about to do the job. They say, Are we good? All signs point to it. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Credits. Roll credits. Make it rain. If you're listening to this right now, you can't see the sunglasses I've got on. I hope you can. Be super creepy and borderline a crime if you could see me wearing the sunglasses that I'm wearing right now. But a company called Rain has the best sunglasses on the market. I've got the Remy. It's kind of like this champagne crystallized like frame color, perfect lens tint, so lightweight, so comfortable, so versatile. You really cannot go wrong with these. I used to sell sunglasses for another company that I won't mention because it's inferior. It's not Rain. I don't know if you've ever noticed, like sunglasses, you wear sunglasses or eyeglasses for a long time, you start getting headaches. One, it's the strain that looking through an, an inferior lens will put on your eyeballs. It actually makes your brain work harder to correct the images. And two, if it's not the right pressure points on your head, like it hits your temples weird, then that's going to cause headaches. That doesn't happen with rain. Rain's super lightweight, super versatile, super comfortable. Wear these all the time. Don't get headaches at all. Take them anywhere. Go to the beach, go to the lake, go hiking, go to the pool, go anywhere that's socially distanced right now because, you know, you're not supposed to be around people. So you can't like go to the mall with them or a farmer's market. But once you can, you should be wearing rain. It's no wonder that GQ called rain one of the best sunglasses for men in 2020. John Hamm wears them. James Harden, Wiz Khalifa, they all wear them. You can too. Just do what I did. Get yourself a pair of rain sunglasses at rain.com and use the promo code DINGS for 25% off your first order. That's R-A-E-N dot com. Promo code DINGS for 25. That's 25. 25% off your first order. Rain.com. Promo code DINGS. So you tell me what, what the police actually accomplished in this. Nothing. <laughs> a corrupt cop who was stealing money from crime scenes, died. Quote, unquote, heroically. Quote, unquote, he was asking for it, according to Chris Brown. <laughs> this guy, I guess, wants help. So he'll turn his life around with his daughter, maybe? I don't know. Definitely not. No, fuck this movie. We don't need to, we don't need to get into the, like, try to break down what happened. No, what did the cops do? I'm just answering Amin's question. The answer is nothing. They have absolutely no purpose. It'll be that much sweeter, Amin. <laughs> yeah, it'll be that much sweeter. Why? Why would it be that much sweeter? Because it was a cool heist? 
That's not how that works. I don't want to bust some fucking lame heist. I want to bust a cool heist. <laughs> this is a much worse version of Den of Thieves. Because in Den of Thieves, like Gerard Butler is a much better version of this Matt Dillon character. He's way more off the rails. He's way more damaged. And this is just not not the same. This movie was originally titled Bone Deep. Want to know why they changed it to Takers? Because the director liked the line from Idris Elba, with Takers, gents. Oh, wow. Oh, so this is a rare life-imitating art. Is that what we're calling it? No, I mean, the, yeah, the, the title of it, I guess. <laughs> the life would be the actual acting of the movie. The life is the hour and 47 I wasted. Watching this movie. Paul Walker's characters named John Rahway and the Attica brothers are Chris Brown and Michael Ely. Attica is a prison in New York and Rahway is a prison in New Jersey. Yeah. Filming was temporarily halted so the cast and crew could watch TV on the night that Barack Obama was elected president. Author Stephen King in his end of year Entertainment Weekly column listed it as the number five film of 2010 what the climax does strain credulity but the characters feel real and the armored car heist is the best action sequence in 2010 thanks steven 2010 also had the movie the town and inception (laughs) yeah best action sequence where a biker at the last second stops the armored car from doing the exact same thing that happened in the italian job i'm not sure that this movie is better than another 2010 movie grown-ups Chris Brown's big foot chase through downtown LA was shot over a period of five days. Felt like it was five days. Five days. Jesus. And this was my favorite because I got absolutely none of this. And normally this is one of the easiest parts of a heist movie to do. Each member of the crew is a skilled thief with character attributes and talents that add to the success of the crew. Michael Ely is the explosive specialist. Chris Brown is the daredevil escape artist. Paul Walker is the marksman and the muscle. T.I. is the slick planner with connections. Hayden Christensen is the civil engineering specialist and helicopter pilot. I'm sorry, what's that? Chris <laughs> Elba is the tactician, strategist, and leader. Civil engineering specialist <laughs> and helicopter pilot? I double majored in civil engineering and helicopter pilot. What? <laughs> and I play the piano and have a tiny fedora. All of these would have been good things to know had they actually introduced a character. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, like, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to be doing, like, homework? They all seem to know about fucking C4. So how is Michael Ely the, the specialist? I don't know. If anything, I thought Hayden Christensen was the specialist. He was installing it, right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize he was just the civil engineer in the group. That old heist <laughs> trope. You always gotta have a civil engineer. And if they can fly a helicopter... Even better. Let me ask you a question. Is there a difference between a tactician and a strategist? <laughs> Isn't that the same thing? I think tactician is like more. Also, how is strategist different than slick planner? It's also a great question. What was T.I.'s role in the last heist when he didn't set the whole thing up? He must have had some skill. Well, maybe he didn't have the connections back then. Golden Dumpster nominees, the overly ambitious female news reporter, the Russian chugs chanting, USA, USA, Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen, tiny fedora, Idris Elba shooting the moon, T.I., Genghis Khan (laughs) being one of T.I.'s heroes, Chris Brown's parkour, Idris Elba's crackhead sister, not having opening credits, and the rogue biker fucking up the heist. I mean, my golden dumpster is probably going to be it's T.I. Yeah, he he delivers on almost every scene, every line he has. 
but particularly the why should we trust the Russians? They love their sheepdogs. That was like legitimately. I was like, that's a fucking good line. It's Idris Elba shooting the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be. With a gunshot sound. Mine's been a lock. Yeah, this one seems. Been a lock since before we even started watching this. It's the fucking fedora. What a star that fedora oh is. It is a custom fedora that you can find online. It's currently out of stock. I will be glued to that. How long has that been out of stock on Amazon? It definitely looks like the kind of hat that maids would wear. Oh, wow. I've never worn a fedora. Wow. <laughs> wow. You, you, you have the look. But I'm intrigued. Do you think the suspenders feels underappreciated? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, everyone's focused on his fedora. Suspenders also worn in every scene, you know? The fedora was. I think he died because the fedora came off his head. It's like uh, Leon on on Curb. But how did you beat the groats? (laughs) You know what? This hat. This hat saved my life. Tell me, tell me about that. I mean, file. I won't lie, Zach. Before I even, like, hit play or whatever, I didn't know what it was about. You told me, oh, it's a, it's a heist movie. I said, oh, my God. Because I thought about Hurricane Heist. And I thought about Six Underground. And those are, two for me, two of the worst movies we've had. And that, since I don't even remember what the story was in those movies. That's how uninterested. So I was prepared to be uninterested. Then you told me it's a, a long hour 47. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I don't think I could do this. But I got to be honest, man, like, I kind of kept paying attention. The story was I kind enough. of kept paying attention? <laughs> That's a lot for this podcast. Did you fall asleep, I mean? I didn't fall asleep. There you go. I was legit, like, wanting to know what would happen next about this heist. I kind of had an idea when it was C4 and they kept being in the subways. Like, they're probably going to blow the thing and have the cars fall into the tunnel. So I, I had a gut feeling about that. Obviously, I had a gut feeling that the the, the cop was dirty. I did not know that the cops would have absolutely nothing to do with the failure slash success of this heist. Because again, let me remind you, they get away with it. Paul Walker and, and Idris Elba, which begs the question, was there supposed to be a sequel? Was it set up for them like to have another great heist some other time? But regardless, I'm going to file it. As far as, and, and I might be waiting on a curve here because usually I hate May's picks, but this one wasn't bad. Like in comparison to some of the other movies we've had, in the past, like in comparison, what, definitely to Catwoman, it's way do. better than Catwoman. So yeah, is it? Yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, it is. Maze. Just to reiterate what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, this movie was not good. Okay, it's not a good movie. But I'm so in love with Hayden Christensen's fucking fedora. <sighs> what are we doing, His guys? awful acting. It's an awful acting off between him and Paul Walker. Apparently, Chris Brown and T.I. were both acting their ass off, according to Amin, so that you got that going as well. Mm-mm-mm-mm. There is a ton of action. A lot of it is incoherent. A lot of it is too long. It was too long towards the end, yes. Towards the end, the last hour, it's two scenes. The ending with them just dry, it's like, they're not free. Like, <laughs> he just left a bigger trail. There's no ending. That's what I'm saying. They're 11 minutes from a dead cop. It reminded me of the end of Hurricane Heist, where it's just like, okay, we're just going to end it with them driving. That's it. It's like, oh, they drove away. Where are you going with this? I'm filing it. Zach, we're going for a clean sweep here, huh? There's no chance. He hates my movies. It's not that I hate your movies. You do. It's not that he hates your movies. Amin, Amin files 50% of my movies. I'm fair. When Maze picks terrible movies, I give him a whole lot of shit for it. But when he picks movies that aren't terrible, I try to encourage it, so... 
I give him a file. Maybe we get more of those. But Zach, here's the real reason why Zach is going to go the way he's going to go. It's because he didn't pick it. If what? Zach had picked this movie, it <laughs> absolutely I've, would be a file. He loved this movie. I've filed seventy-one percent of your of your picks. I mean, yeah. Looking at these numbers, there's a very clear uh, Zach <laughs> against May's bias. I've filed more than anybody here, sixty-three percent on all the movies. What are you talking about? You file ninety three percent of your movies, and you file thirty three percent of May's movies. I don't think these are accurate numbers. <laughs> How am I thirty three percent if I've done four of his ten movies? So this these are these this spreadsheet is inaccurate as fuck. Oh my god, there's fucking twelve movies. Can we stop with this bullshit? Can you just hurry up and give a judgment on takers? Can you take your time? Can you not count, Zach? Is that what's happening here? I don't know. You keep moving the spreadsheet all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching it. So clean sweep, huh? File, right? All the way across. Hayden Christensen's so bad and so distracted in this movie. Paul Walker is so bad in this movie. Idris Elba ought to be ashamed of himself. No, he does a lot of bad movies. Does he? He might be. Is he trying to Sam Jackson this thing? Sam Jackson doesn't do a lot of bad movies. He does a lot of movies. But like in terms of clearly bad movies Idris Elba I would say most of his movies are bad there is no ending to the movie so it's hard to phobe or file a movie where when it still hasn't ended yet I'm gonna phobe it I didn't like this movie I would not watch it again but you liked Hurricane Heist do you think Hurricane Heist was better than this I saw that in the theater but you think it's better than this because you filed it yes you know why because hubcaps through the wind used as a weapon Throwing those things like they were ninja stars. You know what's a good example for this one, I mean? There's just no chance that I Am Wrath is better than this movie. <laughs> There's no chance. No, what? Are you kidding me? You think this movie's better than I Am Wrath? <laughs> so much Are you better. out of your fucking mind? Now I'm Wrath. I'm so angry. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. my pick yeah i mean i can go if you don't want to you know what where should i go with this i'm ready to make my pick if you want to yeah next week i think i'm gonna go with movie 43 this is a movie that came out a while ago i i never got to see it i know a lot of people are in it that's about all i know about it it's currently on showtime it's also on amazon prime and google's accurate is also on hulu so you got three different ways to watch this. I've never heard of this movie. It's too bad that we're doing movie 43 as our movie 47. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>